0: meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine om namo shivaya gurave sachara nanamurjay nishprapanchaya shantaya niralam bayati tujase Guru gurave shisha samsara harane bhagva gayaka dehaya namaste chit saratmani hey jagatame vas samsara navaseitave prabhave sab vidyanam shambave gurubein guru brahma guru vishnu guru devo ishwara Guru Sakshat para Brahma Tasmahi Sri gurave Namaha Om Svarupa Svasva Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to His Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own divine essence, your own Shiva-ness, your own Isness. Again and again, I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah. Bliss is your nature. Your core essence and beingness is bliss. You are made of bliss, not ordinary bliss, but divine bliss. However, if this is not a description of your day-to-day, moment-by-moment experience, then you don't know who you really are. Not yet. Many of you have heard me extol the value of repeating mantra, not only in meditation, but also when you're not meditating. If you're not in bliss, your mind is messing with you. So do something about your mind. Do something with your mind, something better than you have been doing. Apply your mind to mantra. And if you can't do that, sing to God. There's a whole yoga of chanting to God, singing out God's name. There are so many of God's divine names to choose from we usually chant one of the names of God that points you inward to find God within you, the one who is being you. Today, we chanted the name of one of the incarnations of God, honored most highly throughout India and the world, Krishna. Shri Krishna Govinda Hare murare. Hail to the one who knew he was God while he was being human, who came to save the rest of us humans from our own worst tendencies. Krishna saved the world in the time of great peril and did it all out of divine love. <laughs> Chanting to God is so valuable. Baba said, chanting is the means of attaining everything. Through chanting, you are purified on the inside. Through chanting, love arises. When you don't know your own self as God being you, your mind will look outside for fulfillment. So look to God. The way it works is when you fill your mind with God's name, you fill your mind with God. And when you fill your mind with God, you experience God, which is an experience of divine bliss. That's the whole point. Bliss is the point. Baba explained, the name is the true form of God. Shaivism says that God exists in letters. From letters come words. From words, a sentence is composed, and from a sentence you get meaning. The meaning of the name is God. When we chant, the tongue is touched by the form of God. The ears are touched by the form of God, and the heart is touched by that too. So don't consider chanting the name to be a mere sadhana, a mere practice. The name itself is God. You might think that chanting is just another yoga practice. I mean, how many practices are there? There are enough yoga practices you could fill your whole day with them and never get bored. Starting with breathing and moving, then study a text, do some contemplative practices. Plus, you've got mantra repetition and meditation and seva, selfless service that you can do in the midst of the busy parts of the day. Now, you can add chanting to this. You can sit and devote your attention to chanting anytime, or you can chant while you do things. You can chant with others, like we just did and you can chant alone. Sri Krishna Govinda Hare Murare. A great being, Ramchandra Pandit, explained how the divine name works. He said, whether you know it or not, if your foot touches fire, that fire will always burn your foot. In the same way, whether you understand it or not, if you repeat God's name, how could it not bear fruit? Even if you don't understand what you are chanting, as long as God understands it, it's all right. It works. It changes your inner state, the way you feel inside your own skin. This is why we chant in satsang, our meditation programs. Ashram residents chant three times a day. That's morning, midday, and the evening. We give up other things so we can chant. But what would those other things do for us anyway? I don't know. I've lived in ashrams for so long that I really don't know what people do in the early morning. That is, if they're up. And I don't know what they do after dinner either, but sometimes I wonder Is the stuff you're doing helping you get enlightened? Can you tell? I will have to apologize if I'm confronting you a little too strongly, but I care whether you get enlightened or not. I care and I'm working on it the best I can. Are you? Baba tells you what to do. Chanting the auspicious name of God is to make the tongue, the ears, and the heart auspicious and pure. Chanting the auspicious name of God is to make the tongue, the ears, and the heart auspicious and pure. Your tongue shapes the divine name. Your breath pours into the divine name. Your ears hear your own voice chanting the divine name and other voices with the same vibration on their tongue and in their heart. Ah, your heart. How would you like to have an auspicious heart? Your heart is already so beautiful. You have a list of people you love maybe even pets and places that you love. You respond to others when they ask for help, sometimes even when they don't ask. In a parking lot, I was getting into my car and got my feet all tangled up somehow, and I fell. There was a bush right next to the car, so I fell into the bush. I thought I was hidden from view. But two different people in the parking lot rushed over to help me, total strangers. And I was so touched by their loving hearts. You would do the same. You have a good heart. But an auspicious heart? What's that? Auspicious is a word that's used in yoga a lot, it means propitious. Fortunate, favorable, encouraging, heartening, providential, golden. Oh, let's stick with gold. I've heard the saying that someone has a heart of gold. Better yet, you get a divine heart. You see, your heart is God's heart in a human form. Chanting makes you know it so. As bliss is your own nature. Yoga focuses on you experiencing the bliss that you are. Lokananda samadhi sukham. Shiva Sutras 1.18. This is one of my favorite sutras. Why? Because it promises bliss. The yogi easily experiences the bliss of samadhi in all places and times. Lokananda samadhi sukham. I love this sutra so much that I named this building Lokananda, our yoga and meditation center, with the upper floors being our retreat center where yogis stay during our retreats and trainings. All this is Lokananda, the place of bliss. Lokananda Samadhi Sukham, Shiva Sutras 1.18. The sutra is describing the inner experience of the accomplished yogi one who has attained the goal of yoga. In every bit of knowledge, this yogi experiences the bliss of I-consciousness. In every bit of knowledge, this yogi experiences the bliss of I-consciousness. This is your future. In every bit of knowledge, this means everything you know, every thought your mind conjures up, everything you see around you, everything from your past, and everything that you can imagine to be in your future, and every bit of knowledge. You experience the bliss of I-consciousness. This is consciousness itself being you. The bliss of consciousness being the I that you name when you say or you think I, your own Iness, your own beingness is consciousness itself, which you experience in every bit of knowledge, in every thought, in every breath. There is only consciousness and bliss. Loka ananda samadhi sukham. And there is more in this sutra. This experience is transmitted to those who come in contact was such a yogi. I certainly experienced this with my Baba. In the years I got to live and study with him in person, my favorite thing to do was sit with him. It didn't matter what he was doing. I wanted to be there. I sat in his satsangs so many times, I cannot count the number of times I chanted with him, the number of discourses that I heard The number of times that I meditated with him. I don't even want to try to count, for that would make it seem like the number was limited. Somehow it stretches through my whole lifetime. The bliss that radiated off of him saturated all through my childhood memories. They no longer had any power over me. The bliss I felt when sitting in his presence melted away all my desires and fears. It took me beyond my mind. It took me years to understand what had happened to me. It was a delightful process of gradually understanding that I had been remade in his image, that I had become the incarnation of bliss and consciousness, discovering who I already was and always had been. He merely showed me who I was and am. The influence of such a great master is immeasurable. And it carries through right to today. This is why sometimes we chant his name. Today we chanted Krishna's name. The power of his name reaching through thousands of years to melt away all that limits you. So you melt into his love, divine love. So you live your life in a whole new way, same old life, whole new way, based in the bliss of God consciousness. While I'm telling you how great chanting is, and it is, meditation is still the most important practice. I described it this way in our teachings article this month. Meditation is the direct path to the nectar of self knowingness. By delving into your own inner dimensionality, you tap into the source of life, the power of love, the delight of creativity, and the peace of timelessness. These fill you from within. Chanting is a way to use your mind to get close to God. Mantra repetition is a way to use your mind to get close to your own self, who is God being you. But what you get in meditation is closer. Meditation is the direct path to the nectar of the knowing of your own self as consciousness itself. To know your own beingness, who is God being you. In meditation, mantra carries you deeper and deeper within, delving into your own inner dimensionality. When you get all the way in there, all the way in here, you find not merely bliss, but the source of bliss. You find the source of life itself, the source of the energy that enlivens everything that exists, shakti. The one energy that is being all beings, all things, all thoughts, all ideas, all possibilities, all illusions. And being the seeming nothingness that is merely an illusion. When you get all the way into your own self, you are not merely experiencing self, you are being your own self you find that you are the source of life, the source of love. Not merely the flow of love, but the source from which the flow comes. You find the delight of creativity, the creative power that has erupted into the manifestation of this divine world. The whole of this creative force is available to you. It comes from within. What an incredible delight. You find the peace of timelessness, the reality of eternality that underlies the existence of time. You are a timeless being living within the structure of time. Meditation is the direct path to the nectar of self-knowingness. By delving into your own inner dimensionality, you tap into the source of life, into the power of love, the delight of creativity, and the peace of timelessness. These fill you from within. And chanting gets you close. This is why we chant. This is why we do mantra. This is why we come to satsang. This is why I am here today, and this is why you are here today. Thank you for coming. The goal is bliss. Well, bliss is already your goal in everything you do, or at least you're looking for its surrogate happiness. You do everything you do for the sake of mere happiness. I propose an upgrade. Do everything you do for the sake of bliss. This will be a big improvement. However, don't misunderstand it. It can limit you if you misunderstand it. If you're asking outer things, even people to make you happier than happy, you want them to make you bliss-filled, you'll always be disappointed. The bliss is within already and always available. Look in the right direction. Bliss is your nature. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah.